0: Hey y'all, Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform.
1: Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. Hello. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Today we are talking about Season 10, Episode 6 called Ask Jeeves. So we start out in New Canaan, right? Mm Mm-hmm. We just talked about this, and again, I don't remember. New <laughs> Haven, Connecticut. Uh, we're inside a mansion in a hallway. There's a portrait of a woman holding a dog. Philip, the butler, walks up to two maids who are standing in the hallway. Philip says, Now, now, I know it's a terribly sad day. Bunny LaCroix was a good woman, a fair employer with a kind heart. Uh, the two maids look like they're going to cry. Philip says, but there's work to be done. In less than 24 hours, the LaCroix family will descend upon this estate for the funeral and the reading of the will, and it's our duty to make sure this manor is in tip-top shape. He looks at the portrait on the wall and says, we owe that much to Bunny. To the first maid, he says, Colette, to the master closet. <laughs> that sounds ominous. <laughs> you go to the closet. To the closet. <laughs> yeah. He says, I'd like you to select Mrs. LaCroix's wardrobe for the burial. To the second maid, he says, Olivia, please make sure all the lavatories are spotless. Olivia says, why do I have to? Philip says, (laughs) now, now, you're still the new hire. Colette has seniority. He claps his hands twice and says, chop, chop, there's no time to waste. So Colette hurries up the staircase and Olivia heads in the opposite direction. Uh, We cut to bunnies walk-in closet in the master bedroom. Colette selects a suit and a shirt. She opens the jewelry box and chooses a brooch. She then takes a pearl necklace out and puts it on. Uh, she hears a door open and looks around, but doesn't notice anything. She goes back to admiring herself in the mirror, uh, but then hears a door closed nearby. She walks out of the closet into the bedroom, towards the door, and hears footsteps. She turns around and gasps. Bunny LaCroix is standing behind her. <laughs>
0: yeah, <around>. don't, don't, <laughs> wear,
1: don't wear her pearls. What are you doing? Like, I don't know. I mean, it's not like she was
0: taking them, but like, still. Still, you're
1: not supposed to try on the stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. know. (laughs) No. Yeah. Uh, Colette says, but you're dead. Bunny is glaring at Colette and walks towards her. Colette keeps backing up until they're out in the hallway. Bunny then rips the pearl necklace right off of Colette's neck. Uh, The necklace breaks and all the pearls scatter on the floor. Colette tries to back up more and topples right over the banister, screaming. She falls through a glass table on the first floor, then lies dead on the floor surrounded by broken glass as Bunny stands by the banister on the second floor looking down at her. Philip runs to where Colette is uh, and then looks up at Bunny. He says, what have you done? Bunny just turns and walks away. And then we get our opening title sequence. So we cut to uh, the Shady Hills Motel parking lot. (laughs) I don't know if I'd stay in a motel It's a little sketchy It's it's right there in the title man Don't go there Don't do it Uh, Dean is fixing the Impala's headlight Uh, Sam walks up carrying two Tiny coffee cups Sam says hey yo Individually brewed He hands one cup to Dean and says Technology man Dean says real men don't drink out of cups This small (laughs) He smells the coffee then asks what is that, a cinnamon roll? Sam says, it's a glazed donut. Look, man, if you don't want it, I... Dean says, nah, it's... Got it. He takes a sip of the coffee and then says, so, any leads on the scanner or the interweb? Sam says, nothing. Not even a cat up a tree. Dean says, so, right when we're ready to jump back into it, it goes, uh, radio silence. Sam says, Murphy's law. Dean says, well, Murphy's a douche. <laughs> hey, you feel like taking a detour to Connecticut? Sam says, what? Dean holds up his cell phone and says, uh, found it while I was dust busting. He hands the phone to Sam, and Sam says, one of ours? Dean says, it's one of Bobby's, and in total, 27 messages. The only one that counts is from two days ago. Apparently, Bobby's been named a beneficiary in Bunny LaCroix's will. Sam says, Bunny la who?" Dean says, it's- eternity's... Uh, blah, blah, blah. Attorney says she's an heiress and Bobby's presence or next of kin is being requested in New Canaan. I figure we qualified. Sam says, how does Bobby? No, that's what he says. He says, how did Bobby know an heiress? Dean says, Bobby had secrets, man. Like loving on Tori's <laughs> spelling. If he only knew Dean cheated on her. Anyway, road trip. Who knows? Maybe Bobby earned us some beer money. So we cut to the Impala speeding down a road. Sam and Dean uh, park the Impala in front of Bunny LaCroix's mansion. There's a bunch of other very expensive cars parked as well. Sam says, wow, think we're a little underdressed? I mean, the fed threads are in the trunk. <laughs> Teen says, you kidding me? For once, we don't have to wear suits. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, they I will not. <laughs> I, know, I don't have to. I'm not going to. They do look nice in those suits, though. Just going to (laughs) say. So so they walk towards the front door, and Dean says, you're lucky my waistband's not elastic. (laughs) (laughs) So Dean presses the doorbell, and Olivia opens the door. She says, may I help you? Sam says, I'm Sam Winchester. This is Dean Winchester. We're here on behalf of Bobby Singer. Olivia says, Mrs. Singer won't be coming. Dean says, no, he passed away. Olivia says, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Sam says, uh, condolences for your loss, too. Olivia says, thank you. Well, you just missed the funeral, but the family's relaxing inside if you'd like to join. So Olivia leads Sam and Dean into the billiard room where the LaCroix family are. She clears her throat and announces, allow me to introduce Sam and Dean Winchester. A woman named Hetty says, Sam and Dean Winchester of the Westchester Winchesters? sam says uh no not quite (laughs) uh, right well i I mean would you really even know though like i don't know you never know (laughs) know. sam says uh no i don't think there's dean says nah sam says any relation sorry hetty says no matter you two are adorable dean says oh Hetty says. He's like. <laughs> I, I Hetty says. I'm Hetty, Bunny's cousin, and this is my sister, Beverly. Beverly says, "Charmed, I'm sure." Hetty <coughs> indicates to a man playing pool nearby and says, "And that's Bunny's youngest brother, Stanton, Stan for short." Stanton says, "Come on in, fellas, join the morning." Hetty says, "And his child bride, Amber." <laughs> somebody's <says>, salty <laughs> I know right Amber says go stand. Stanton misses his shot and says babe don't you're breaking my concentration Hetty says and then there's Dash that's the baby of the family he's Bunny's great nephew Harvard business Dash says and how did you guys know Aunt Bunny Dean says we uh." Sam says we we didn't personally know her our surrogate dad Bobby Singer did Dean says, did. <laughs> like, what what? Okay. <laughs> Beverly yeah. says, yeah. <laughs> okay, All right. Beverly says, Bobby, never heard of him. But you can fill us in over the weekend, huh? Dean says, the weekend. Hetty says, didn't the attorney tell you service was today and the reading of the will tomorrow? Beverly says, Oh, but you're welcome to spend the night. All the rooms <laughs> sleep too. <laughs> Hetty says, or three, and slaps Dean right on the rear. I thought she slapped Sam. Oh no, it was Ooh, Dean. That was I, definitely a Dean butt. Yeah, yeah I, re- I I rewatched it. <laughs> <laughs> Dean says, "Okay." Uh, Amber, the child bride, says, "Where's Colette?" Philip says, "She quit. Poor dear was so distraught over Mrs. Lacroix's passing. Went off to find herself." Hetty says, "Ashram in India." Philip says, "Uh, Clown College in Sarasota." Hetty says good choice uh okay philip walks up to sam and dean and says may i have a word with you uh what does he say yeah a word with you in the hall in five minutes sam says sure dean says yeah beverly says so sam tell me do you work out <laughs> i work out <laughs> <laughs> yep. girl look at that body okay <laughs>
0: I work out. <laughs> uh,
1: okay, so... Wow, wow, wow. So, Philip is walking down the hall with an envelope as Sam and Dean exit the billiard room into the hall. Dean says, charmed, I'm sure. What are these people? <laughs> Sam says, I think they're called wasps. I don't know what that means. Wasps? I mean, obviously know what a uh, bee wasp is. Will you look it up? Um, So... Yeah. So... Wasps with an S on the end.
0: <clears throat>
1: I would love to know. <clears throat> I'll keep going, and you let me know when you get it. Okay. Dean says, "What?" And Sam. My sees- internet's being super slow. <laughs> uh, Sam sees Philip approaching and clears his throat. Philip says, "My apologies for being so oblique back there, but I'm doing you boys a favor." Sam says, "Okay." Philip says, as you know, Mrs. LaCroix bequeaths something to your Mr. Singer, but the reading of the will isn't until tomorrow, and I would hate for you to have to stick around and be forced to, well, mingle with the family. Dean says, don't worry, Alfred, we know which one of the... Let me finish this line real quick. No, no, you're good. No, 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 you tell me, you tell me, because I messed that up anyway. What's up?
0: Oh, so it says wasp is used to refer to people in American society whose ancestors came from Northern Europe, especially England, and who were formerly considered to have a lot of power and influence. WASP is an abbreviation for White Anglo-Saxon Protestant.
1: Huh, okay. That is not what I was thinking at all.
0: I didn't, I had no thoughts, honestly. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I was really going in a different direction there, but okay. <laughs> cool, okay. I would say that does describe this family. <laughs> so, you know? <laughs> makes, okay.
0: Sense, yeah. All yeah, right.
1: Okay. Um, out. Yeah. So Dean says, don't worry, Alfred. We know which one the shrimp fork is. Kind of. <laughs> Philip says, oh, Mr. Winchester, if you're implying that I don't think you're good enough, it's quite the contrary. You're far too good. The LaCroix family is, how shall I say this politely? Money grubbing leeches. <laughs> Dean says, what are you talking about? I thought they were all loaded. Philip says loaded. Yes, rich. No, the recession <laughs> hit every one of them. And I'm afraid. Uh, oh, that's not right. I'm afraid if they knew what Bunny left you, those vultures would try to stake claim. And since the attorney kindly agreed to a handoff, you don't have to be subjected to their scrutiny. He hands the envelope to Dean. Uh, Sam says, do you have any idea how Bunny and Bobby knew each other? Uh, just then, Olivia comes into the hallway. Philip says, not in the slightest. Uh, now, if there's nothing else, shall I have Olivia show you out? Dean says, no, no, that's a, uh, we got it. Thanks. Uh, so Olivia and Philip head back down the hall. Dean opens the envelope and pulls out a large jeweled cross on a chain. Dean says, huh, kind of fancy to leave a guy like Bobby. Sam says, you thinking what I'm thinking? Dean says, if Bunny was banging Bobby, then maybe these rocks are real. <laughs> So it comes mm-hmm. inside a pawn shop. I love how says, that's immediately where they go to. Is like they were banging, you know? Like, I
0: mean, <laughs> you know maybe
1: good for. Bobby? I mean, you never know, but yeah, yeah. it's just kind of funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, uh. Dean says, uh, "What do you mean it's not real? The old bag was rolling in it." The pawn shop employee says, "Well, looks like the old bag's got a soft spot for fake rubies and cubic zirconium. <laughs> this is interesting, though." Uh, he pulls the top off the cross necklace and says, it's a key. Sam says to Dean, a key to what? Dean says, there's one way to find out. Ask Jeeves. So we cut to uh, a bedroom in Bunny's mansion. Stanton says, Beverly saw you sexting at dinner. Amber, the child bride. <laughs> says, <laughs> Okay, listen, she's like in her late 20s, maybe early 30s. Like She's not that young really no <laughs> yeah, like i don't know no. yeah, okay um okay uh, amber says "Bev doesn't know what the hell she's talking about i was texting my mom stanton says an emoticon of a peeled banana <laughs> amber says she likes fruit stanton says just admit it you're cheating amber says and you're drunk not to mention paranoid She points to a portrait on the wall of Bunny and her husband and says, just like Lance, he was always accusing poor Bunny of sleeping around. Stanton says, because she was. My sister was nothing but a two-bit hooker in Chanel. Amber says, how dare you? Your sister's dead. She goes into the bathroom and slams the door shut. Stanton, to the portrait, says, what the hell are you looking at? Good riddance to you both. He hears (laughs) a voice call out, Stanton. He says, what? Amber from behind the bathroom door says, I didn't say anything. The voice says, Stanton. So Stanton opens the bedroom doors and walks out into the hallway. He hears the voice again as he walks down the hall, looking around. Suddenly Lance, who is Bunny's dead husband, uh, is in front of him with an axe. Stanton says, no. uh," uh, And then as Amber comes out of the bedroom into the hall, Lance chops Stanton's head right off and Amber screams. So we cut two. <laughs> Sam and Dean mm-hmm. parking baby in front of Bunny's mansion. There's a police car there. Sam rings the doorbell and Philip opens the door. Dean says, Everything okay? Philip says, Not really. Sorry, I had to burp for a sec. Oh, <laughs> that was not okay. Ew. Okay. <laughs> Ugh, okay. I'm dying here. Okay. Uh, He holds the door open as Sam and Dean walk inside. Dean says, Yeah. Sam says, Thanks. Philip says, I presume you gentlemen left something behind i'll check the front closet for burlap dean says (laughs) i got news for you mr belvedere the jacket's canvas detective (laughs) don't you make
0: fun of my jacket (laughs) all right
1: you rat bastard uh so detective howard says you two were here earlier dean says yeah who wants to know uh detective howard flashes his badge and says detective howard New Canaan PD, congratulations boys, you're now officially murder suspects. Dean says, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Detective Howard says, yeah, Buddy LaCroix's brother Stanford was killed this evening. His body's just gone to the morgue. Dean says, and you think? Detective Howard says, I don't know what to think. And that's why you two and anyone else who stepped foot in this house today is being detained for questioning. So Sam and Dean go into the lounge Hetty says, Beverly, let go of me. It's so obvious she's guilty. Dash says, you're off your rocker, old lady. Hetty says, oh, lady, I, she notices Sam and Dean standing there and says, I'm 39. <laughs> <laughs> Dash says, and you have been since '03." Hetty says, how, how dare you? Okay. Sam says, I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh, who's guilty? Hetty says, the town slut Amber, she killed Stan. Dash says, and what's her motive? Murder she wrote? No, that's not what he says. He says, and what's her motive murder she wrote? There you go, okay. <laughs> Hedy says, oh, everyone knows that Amber was sleeping around. She wanted to leave Stan, but her prenup was ironclad. So she killed him. Dean says, sounds logical. Hetty says, well, unless you believe that ridiculous story that she's been peddling, a ghost killed Stanton, honestly. Sam says, uh, a ghost? Hetty says, she's claiming that Bunny's late husband, Lance, did it. Have you ever heard such a thing? What a panic. So stupid. Dash says, you're nutty. Wait, wait, wait. You're nutty as a squirrel and those synthetic hormones. Okay, what? <laughs> Do squirrels take synthetic? I'm confused. Okay no 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 no. he's saying your nutty
0: is a squirrel because she's on the synthetic hormones gotcha okay i was yeah. like
1: uh, <laughs> i was like do people give squirrels hormones because that seems unkind Okay. <laughs> Hetty says nutty how appalling of you don't they teach you manners in harvard dean says so uh sam says looks like we might have a case here vengeful spirit dean says yeah think we can get to the car get the emf Sam says, not with detective friendly, not a chance. Guess we're going to have to go old school. Dean says, all right, cold spots it is. Sam says, yeah. Dean says, you stay here. Keep an eye on Mrs. Peacock and Colonel Mustard. I'll sniff around. Sam says, all right. So Dean leaves and Beverly kind of waves at Sam. Hetty says, for your information, I already own a big, beautiful yacht. Dash says, oh, is that what you call that thing? Hetty says, fine, it's a mahogany sunfish. So we cut to Dean, who's walking (laughs) down an upstairs hallway. He peeks into a a helmet of a suit of armor. (laughs) Uh, We cut back to the lounge. Sam walks up to Dash and says, hey, got to say, for a family that's just lost two members, you all seem fine. Dash says, well, Sam, I'll let you in on a little family secret. We don't really like each other. Then again, what family does? Sam says, mine does, uh, for the most part. It's just me and my brother, so... Dash says, then you're lucky. Trust me, it's a miracle we've been under the same roof for 24 hours and haven't... Oops, my bad. <laughs> not cool, dude. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <Someone you know? laughs> to die. Choose someone's die. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sam says, Anna, why are you so sure Amber didn't do it? Dash says, because Amber's not a killer. She has trouble using the Wi-Fi. I don't exactly think she's capable of murder. <laughs> Uh, So we cut to Dean walking down another hallway, past a bedroom, where we see the outline of Stanford's dead body. Uh, He sees a book in a bookcase with a cross that matches the necklace on the cover. He pulls out the book, and the bookcase opens, revealing a hidden door. Uh, We cut back to the lounge, Sam says, and her story about the ghost. Dash says, I don't believe in ghosts. That said, if anyone would come back to haunt, it's Uncle Lance. Heard he was a real bastard. No one really mourned his death except Aunt Bunny who became a recluse after he died. So maybe the old goat has a chip on his shoulder. Who the hell knows? Detective Howard walks into the lounge with Amber. He says, Dash, you're up. So Dash exits the room with the detective. Uh, We cut back to Dean. He pulls the key from the cross necklace and uses it to open the secret door behind the bookcase. As he goes in, he picks up a pipe and some rope. Uh, Dean goes up the stairs and switches on his flashlight. Uh, as he goes into the attic, he sees a rolled-up rug with feet sticking out of it, which is <laughs> never good. Nope. <laughs> uh, nope. <laughs> then he, fear- he then he hears footsteps. Uh, it's Olivia. She says, "Dean." Dean says, "Olivia." Olivia says, "Thank God! I thought you were him." Dean says, "Him who?" Olivia says, "Philip." The butler. He locked me in here because I wouldn't lie to the detective about what I saw. Dean says, what did you see? Olivia says, I saw him roll Colette's body in a rug. Dean says, clown college Colette? The butler killed her? Olivia says, no, no. He just, he just hid her. Dean says, then who killed her? Olivia says, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I saw it with my own eyes. Dean says, let me guess. Lance's ghost. Olivia says, no bunnies. So we cut to the lounge. Sam is playing cards at a table with Hetty and Beverly. Dean and Olivia walk in the room. Sam says, you know what? Uh, excuse me. Beverly says, no, no, stay. Uh, but Sam walks over to Dean and says, hey, so. Dean says, you seen the butler? Sam says, no, why? Dean says, cause if anyone has answers, it's him. We're dealing with two vengeful spirits. Apparently Aunt Bunny had a bee in her bonnet as well. Sam says, "Uh, husband and wife tag team killer ghosts. Dean says, well, got to keep the marriage alive somehow. The key is uh, hidden. Wait, the key is to a hidden attic. Sam says, why would Bunny want Bobby to have a key to her attic? Dean says, I don't know. It gets weirder. I found Olivia and Colette locked inside. Sam says, Clown College Colette? (laughs) I just love that that's what they call her. Clown College Colette. (laughs) Dean says, yeah, but she ain't studying balloon animals. She's dead. Sam says, now what does the butler have to do with all of this? Dean says, he's the one who locked them in there. Now, I don't know why, but he's covering for the spooks. He's acting like they're Renfield. Sam says, all right, we got to find him. I'll take upstairs. You take down here. Dean says, all right. So Sam heads upstairs. Detective Howard calls from below. Sam Winchester. But Sam hurries away down the hall. The detective yell, yells, uh, where did you run off to? Sam goes around a corner and finds Beverly standing there who says, well, 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 what do we have here? What you doing snooping around these halls, hm? Sam says, uh, <laughs> Beverly says, up to no good. Why don't we get up to no good together? You know they say women just get better with age, like a fine wine or, or cheese. <laughs> Sam says, uh, I, uh, "I I know." <laughs> Sam says, "I'm lactose intolerant," so Beverly <laughs> <laughs> says, "Oh come on, Sammy, don't be coy. We have a good ten minutes before my interrogation, and I bet a young buck like you can do a lot in ten minutes." And she very obviously checks him out. Mm -hmm. Sam says, "Uh, I'm right behind you Beverly turns around to walk into the bedroom And says, right behind me Oh, could you just give me a hand with the zipper? I always have such a hard time Uh, But Sam has already escaped down the hallway He's like, "Okay, bye (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we cut to Dean on the first floor He finds the door to the butler's quarters He picks up a large wrench and goes inside Philip says, uh, Leaky faucets down the hall. Dean says, Cut the crap, Wadsworth. What are you doing hiding dead maids in a secret room? Philip says, I know it all looks rather peculiar, but I can explain. So we cut to Sam going into the kitchen. He sees blood on the floor and grabs a knife. He finds Philip's dead body with a knife sticking out of his back. Sam pulls out his phone. We cut back to Dean in uh, Philip's quarters. Dean says, so you hid Colette's body in the attic so that she wouldn't steal Bunny's thunder? Philip says, I couldn't stand the thought of overshadowing overshadowing Mrs. (laughs) LaCroix's funeral with another death. She deserved a proper farewell. I owed it to her. Dean says, well, that's crazy. Philip says, no, Mr. Winchester, that's loyalty. Uh, Dean gets a text from Sam that reads, just found Philip dead. Dean turns towards Philip, and Philip throws him across the room. As Dean gets back up, he sees a pile of clothes and skin by the door. Ew.
0: He's gooey. He's gooed out.
1: (laughs) So he calls Sam. Sam says, Dean. Dean says, Sam. Sam says, yeah? Dean says, it's no ghost. Sam says, what? Dean says, it's a shapeshifter. So we cut to Sam and Dean standing by Philip's body uh, near the kitchen. Sam says, so the shifter is getting its jollies by impersonating dead people. Dean says, yeah, first bunny, then Lance, now Philip. Guess we can rule out the butler did it. Uh, Sam and Dean go into the kitchen. Sam says, and the creep just shed. So now it could be anybody, even you. Dean (laughs) says, or you, we need to find some silver. Olivia walks in and sees dead Philip on the floor. She says, oh my God. Dean says, hey, he was like that when we found him. Olivia says, who did this? Sam says, we don't know yet, okay? Now listen, calm down. I know you think he was working with ghosts, but there's something way worse going on here. Olivia says, worse than what is going on? Dean says, if you wanna help, then help. Can you do that? They cut to a few moments later, Olivia is opening a silverware case. She says, why do you need the silverware? sam says for protection olivia says butter knives dean says trust us there's a method to our madness sam hands a silver knife to olivia and says can you uh hold this so olivia holds a knife uh sam picks up another silver knife and hands it to dean sam says all right sam picks up another knife and says let's do this so it cut to the lounge. Beverly and Hetty are sitting on a couch, scrolling through men's pictures and a dating app on an iPad. <laughs> Beverly says, no, no, no. Hetty says, wait, wait, go back. He owned an island. <laughs> Beverly says, and a hair lip. Hetty says, who cares if he's ugly if you're drinking Mai Tais in the lap of luxury? <laughs> <laughs> Sam walks mm. into the room and says, hey, hey, ladies. Hetty says, hi. Sam says, what are you doing? Hetty says, trying to find Beverly a man. Beverly says, I've resorted to fishing online because the live ones won't bite. Says, <laughs> She's salty. <laughs> I know, right? Sam says, you mean back there? I-, I was just playing hard to get. Beverly says, well, then you're a very convincing actor. She motions for Sam to sit on the couch and says, come. Sam says, sure. All right. So Sam walks over to the couch. Uh, Beverly, like, pushes Hetty over to the side and says to Sam, sit here. Yes. So Sam sits between them. Beverly says, ah, oh. <laughs> Sam has a silver butter knife under his shirt cuff, uh, laying against the underside of his right hand. He puts his hand on Beverly's bare leg. Uh, she is delighted. Hetty <laughs> says, boo, I'm feeling so left out. Sam says, well, then, uh, (laughs) Sam says, then, uh, come on in, darling. Water's warm. Sam has another silver butter knife under his shirt cuff on the underside of his left hand. So he puts his arm around Hetty, uh, with his hand resting on her bare shoulder. Hetty says, oh, oh yes. (laughs) Beverly like snuggles up to Sam and puts her head on his shoulder. So we cut to Dean in the billiard room. He's about to leave, but here's something in the closet. He takes a silver candlestick and opens the door uh, to find Amber and Dash smooching. Dean says, really? Amber says, we can explain. Dean says, let me guess. You two got bored last Christmas. (laughs) Dash says, new cane and clam bake, actually. We were in line at the buffet. They ran out of steamers. One thing led to another, and well, <laughs> Amber we says we both wait clams. <laughs> got to be
0: too much. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Yep. Uh, Amber says, but we didn't kill Stanton. Dash says we may be guilty of cheating, but not murder. Dean pulls two silver butter knives out of his pocket and says, touch these. Dash says, what? Why? Dean says, do it, or I go cards up on your whole clam bake. <laughs> So Dash and Amber touch the knives, but nothing happens. Amber says, Did we pass? Dean says, Yep, don't worry. Your secret is safe with me. Come on, you two. So we cut back to the lounge. Sam is still sitting between Beverly and Hetty on the couch. Beverly is touching his hair and Hetty is touching his fingers. Hetty says, Did you see how long his fingers were? Sam says <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> Sam says, They're they're just Hetty says, first of all, did you see this? Look how long. <laughs> Dean, Dash, and Amber walk into the room. Dean says, Should I come back when you're done? Sam says, Oh, he's he, he's calling me. So and then Sam gets off the couch. Um, I just want to say, uh, this moment with Sam on the couch with Hetty and Beverly permanently lives in my mind my uh, first thought is never fully left and now that I'm a woman of a certain age I, I always think about this and like strive to not be like this <laughs> my brain where I'm like hey like literally multiple times a day I'm like make sure you're not being like that you know so <laughs> don't be weird don't they be weird you know? so I just wanted to put that out there they did a great job with that <laughs> just, yeah, uh, permanently in the back of my mind. Um, okay. <laughs> so, um, uh, so Sam gets up from the couch. Dean says, and it's all going to hell right here, right now. Uh, Dean says to Sam, sorry to interrupt. Sam says, eh, gray garden's cleared. Dean says, okay, well, so is Dash and Amber. They're a thing, by the way. Sam says, "It." Eh. Dean says, yeah, wasps. <laughs> Sam says, well, so that's everyone except for and then they all hear olivia scream sam and dean find olivia down the hall she's pointing into a bathroom the boys go in to see detective howard dead with his head in the toilet everyone is watching from the door <laughs> yeah dean says well we got a floater sam says great everyone else crowds into the bathroom dean says yeah he's a goner Hetty says drowned in a toilet how filthy <laughs> Beverly says What kind of monster would do such a thing And then Hetty and Beverly turn to look at Olivia Olivia says Don't look at me I was just trying to pee <laughs> says, Okay hold on Before we start pointing fingers Hetty says Amber has motive She killed the detective Because she knew that it was just a matter of time Before he figured out she killed Stan Dash says Bravo Rizzoli You solved the case One away in two aisles Amber says I didn't kill Stanton or the detective, and I have proof. Sam says, okay, guys. Amber says, my alibi is in this room. Dean says, ooh, wait for it. Dash says, Amber couldn't have killed the detective because she was with me. We're in love. Amber says, uh, <laughs> we're sleeping together. <laughs> Beverly <laughs> says, I knew it. Hetty says, well, then you have Mota too. You offstand because you were diddling his wife. <laughs> Who says diddling? Um, only the best (laughs) Dash says, oh, the old lady doth protest too much You're only pointing the finger to distract from your own guilt And you probably got baby Jane to help Beverly says, well, I never, I'm leaving She turns to escape, but Dean grabs her arm to stop her Dean says, all right, hang on First of all, who talks like that? Second of all, no one's leaving, okay? Beverly uh, clearly enjoys the fact that Dean is still holding onto her arm. So she kind of grabs Dean in a big hug and says, Ooh, get your hands off me, young man.
0: <laughs>
1: Dean says, <laughs> oh, Okay, <laughs> I know. Do it, but don't. Okay. Um, <laughs> Dean says, Okay, see, I don't trust anyone. And leaving just makes you look guilty. Beverly says, Oh. Sam says, Dean is right. Okay. We have four corpses now. Amber says, Four corpses. Dean says, yes, you can add Philip and Colette to the list. Hetty says, clown college, Colette? But I thought she... Dean says, she's dead, all right? She's dead. Sam says, and we can't help you unless you stop arguing with each other. You need to trust us. Dash says, trust you? We don't even know you. Look, buddy, I'm trying to be objective here, but we've had countless family functions before, and even though we wanted to kill each other, we never did. Hedy says... <laughs> Dash is right. Our get-togethers never end in murder. The only thing different this time around is you. Dean says, whoa, whoa, whoa. First of all, whoa. Whatever you're suggesting. Uh, Dash grabs the detective's gun and yells, you too. Let's go. Don't even think about it. I hunt pheasant. Dash holds the gun on Sam and Dean and then shuts them into a room uh, that has security monitors in it. He says, sit tight until the cops get here. Dean says, you don't want to do this. We are your best shot at making it out of here alive. Sam says, don't do it. (laughs) Sam says, we're not the bad guys, Dash. Dash says, I beg to differ. You're wearing flannel. (laughs) (laughs) Dash shuts and locks the door. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I just, I'm going to take a drink of coffee and marinate on that for a sec. (laughs) Okay, I wear flannel all the time. Just P.S. Okay. Um, Dean says, Hey, and he tries to open the door, but it doesn't budge. He takes a silver butter knife out of his coat and tries to force the door open. Sam is searching through drawers and finds some keys. Sam says, Hey, keys. Dean says, No, it's locked from the outside. Sam says, Are you kidding me? Great. Uh, Dean stops trying to force the door open with his silver knife and sees that the knife is bent. He says, Made in Taiwan, freaking stainless steel. Sam says, so that's why no one sizzled? They're not even real silver? Dean says, first cubic zirconium, and now this. No wonder the rich stay rich. How are we going to kill this (laughs) thing? Sam says, you know, we got silver bullets in the trunk. Dean says, yeah, assuming we ever make it out of here. So we cut back to the lounge. Amber says, I don't get it. Why would Sam and Dean want us dead? Dash says, isn't it obvious? He waves the gun around and says, they wanted our inheritance. Guess whatever Aunt Bunny left them wasn't good enough. Hetty says, For the love of God, Dash, put down the gun before you kill someone. Dash says, It's okay. I hunt pheasant. (laughs) Amber says, Oh Lord. (laughs) Amber says, Put it down. So Dash puts the gun down on the coffee table. Hetty says, I knew those boys were trailer trash the moment they rolled up in that American maid. Beverly says, not to mention homosexuals. Hetty says, <laughs> uh, homosexual murderers like Leopold and Loeb. I don't know who Leopold and Loeb are or even if I'm I don't Loeb, either. right? Okay. <laughs> Beverly says, yeah, so Hetty says homosexual murderers like Leopold and Loeb. Beverly says, only hotter. Uh, Olivia walks into the room. Hetty says, oh, call the police at once. Olivia says, oh, I don't think so. Hetty says, Excuse me, young lady, killer or no killer, you're still on the clock. Olivia says, you idiots couldn't be more wrong about everything. Don't you know if it's not the butler, it's the maid. Olivia picks up the gun and points it at him. Uh, We cut back to Sam and Dean in the locked room. Sam sees Olivia with the gun on the security feed. Sam says, Dean, you got to see this. Dean says, we got played by the maid. Dean throws himself against the locked door, but nothing happens. He says, both doors are reinforced. So we cut back to the lounge. Olivia says, I'm not the maid. Hetty says, well, that explains the dust. (laughs) Olivia says, I'm Bunny's daughter. Beverly says, what are you talking about? Bunny didn't have a child. Olivia says, oh, yes, she did. A very devoted one. I loved mother more than anything, which is more than I can say for any of you. Dash says, then where have you been hiding all these years? Olivia says, the attic. Amber says, like in the movie, Hetty says, Oh, Amber. So we cut to the locked room. Sam opens a cabinet while Dean watches the surveillance video, uh, in the lounge. Olivia says outside of mother, Philip was the only one at the manor who knew. So after she died, he took pity on me and he let me out. He told me to pose as the new maid so I could hide in plain sight. Amber says, that's why you killed Colette for her job. Olivia says, oh, no, no, no. Colette was just an accident. I just wanted to scare her because I caught her stealing. Hetty says, well, that doesn't explain wanting us dead. None of us are thieves. Olivia says, oh, no, you're worse. Your greed, your disdain, your blatant disrespect for mother. Oh, you all had it coming. Dash says, but why kill Philip? I mean, if he was on your side. Olivia says, because he turned on me. After Stanton, he locked me back up. Lucky for me, the cute dumb one let me out. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut back to the locked room. Sam opens up a cabinet and says, gun safe. Dean says, hey. And he tosses some keys to Sam and says, try these. In the lounge, Hetty says, no wonder you were locked away. You're a monster. Olivia says, oh, you have no idea. Uh, in the locked room, Sam opens the gun safe and takes out a gun. He points it at the locked door. Uh, back in the lounge, they hear the gunshot. Dash says, what in God's name? Olivia says, shut up! And she's aiming her gun at the entrance of the lounge. As Sam enters, she shoots at him and runs out a different door as the rest of the family kind of take cover. Sam says, stay here! And then he follows Olivia. Hetty says, did anyone else wet themselves? <laughs> <laughs> now you sound like an old woman. Just saying. <laughs>
0: like, oh man. Yep. Well, i not uh, look for you, sorry. Nope. Uh,
1: Sam goes into the kitchen, and Olivia shoots at him some more. Sam ducks down behind the kitchen island. Olivia says, you don't have a clear shot. Sam says, neither do you. Olivia says, killing you is the next best thing to killing Bobby Singer. Sam says, what's your beef with Bobby? Olivia says, for starters, he killed my father. Sam says, Lance was a shifter? Olivia says, Lance wasn't my father. Mother had an affair with a shifter. She got pregnant and told Lance it was his. He bought it until she brought me back from the hospital. My real dad was waiting. Lance put up a fight, but he was no match for a shifter. And just as my dad was about to take me, the hunter became the hunted. Sam says, Bobby. Olivia says, after Bobby killed my father, he came after me. Mother pleaded with him to spare me. He agreed under one condition. Sam says, that she keep you locked up. Olivia says, for my safety and the safety of others. Mother told the family she lost the baby and she locked me in the attic. But she remained devoted to me until the very end. Even got Bobby to promise to take care of me if anything happened to her. Sam says, wait a minute. Then Bobby spared you. You should be grateful. Mm -hmm. Olivia says, for what? Keeping me locked up my whole life? It would have been kinder to kill me. Sam says, Olivia, you don't have to do this. Being a monster is a choice. Olivia says, that choice was made for me long ago. Why haven't you taken a shot? Oh, uh, You don't have any silver bullets, do you? Olivia is now pointing the gun directly at Sam, but she is shot from behind by Dean. After she drops, Dean shoots her seven more times, which is <laughs> a little unnecessary, but okay. Uh, so we cut to some time later. Sam, Dean, and the family are walking out the front door. Dash is talking on his cell phone. He says, yes, officer. Yes. Thank you very much. Yes. No, you can't miss it. Big house on the end of the street. All right. Bye now. Dash says to Sam and Dean, guys, police are on the way. What a mess. I owe you two an apology. Sam says, don't sweat it. I mean, you were just protecting your family and there's nothing wrong with that. Dash says, so I spoke to Aunt Bunny's attorney. He said outside for the pendant, everything was left to Olivia. Dean says, hey, you know what? Speaking of that, you guys should keep it. Dean hands the cross key pendant to Dash and says, it's a key to the attic. Dash says, Bobby must have really meant something to Aunt Bunny. How can we repay you? Dean says, you know what? Just forget we were ever here. Dash says, but you <laughs> like, saved literally our literally don't
0: talk about it again. I know, right? <laughs>
1: Yeah. Dash says, but you <laughs> saved our lives. I want everyone to know what heroes you. Dean says, look, pal, the fact that we pulled your bacon out of the fire is nobody's business, okay? Hey, I'm serious, Izod. Put a pin in it, I will come back for your prippy ass. Uh, Then Sam and Dean drive off in the Impala. In the car, Sam says, Dean, what was that all about back there? Dean says, what are you talking about? Sam says, I mean, all those extra shots after the shifter was already dead. What was that? Dean says, I don't know, target practice? Sam says, come on, man, I'm serious. You sure it wasn't, I don't know, demon residue or something to do with the mark? Or Dean says, no, no, none of that. Sam says, right. Look, man, I got to be honest. Dean says, oh, my God, Sam. It was my first kill since I've been back. You know, I got a little anxious. I wanted to make sure it was done right. Plain and simple. It's why am I even explaining this to you? Then Dean turns on the stereo and turns it up. Sam says, Dean, I. But Sam stops talking, shakes his head and looks out the window. And credits. Okie dokie. So you'll have to
0: excuse the wind chimes in the background. <laughs> They're kind of loud. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear them, but they might go off and on. And I swear it's not something creepy happening. It's just the wind. So anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: I did so, hear them, but I, it didn't like cross my mind what was happening. It was just like da da da. So oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. It's better than that frog
0: that front oh gosh that thing it keeps coming back to like it's the weirdest thing i haven't like it'll happen for like a few days in a row where it's like constantly out there croaking around
1: and Mm -hmm. like
0: then you won't hear it for a while and then all of a sudden it's like hello i'm right here and you can hear it like across the house (laughs) yeah it's happening
1: maybe it's just like spending the night at his girlfriend's house sometimes you know but it sounds like it's in the ac unit Because I went
0: outside and I heard it croaking and it wasn't underneath it. It wasn't around it. Like, it sounds like it, like, crawled in there somewhere and it's like, living in the AC unit. Like, maybe that's why it echoes so much. I don't know. Huh. That's disturbing. Yeah. The whole thing is weird. But, yeah. Okay. So, I haven't heard it in a few days, but watch. It's going to start happening, like, immediately because I said that. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Um, So, I only have two thoughts. Uh, okay. One of them being when they were talking about gray gardens, according to, like, the other two ladies. Okay, were they talking about the
1: hair on their head or not? <laughs> I actually had not heard that term, and I was hoping that it was going to pop up in the interesting facts. But um, I... I don't I, think not, it's like, like a
0: reference thing. Yeah, I, I think, think it's, it's yeah. just...
1: I'm going to look like, it up real quick. What does Grey Gardens mean? Because <laughs> yeah, you're, you're probably uh, it's a um, it's a documentary, it, although it might not be referencing this, of course, about two aging relatives. So Jackie Kennedy and some other people I don't know. So I wonder if it's that. It's not an interesting facts at all. Um, I'm looking through them again, but I already read through them and it didn't. It wasn't in there, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so no, it's, it's not in here. So it could be, I don't know, maybe it's like a double, you know? <laughs> yeah, I was just kind of like,
0: okay, I think they're talking about them being old and like maybe the color of their somewhere hair.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't mean, know. Maybe, maybe. It's
0: possible. <laughs> yeah. It was.
1: Yeah. Anyway, yeah.
0: like, did I go down a hole that I didn't need <laughs> to go down with that one? Maybe. <laughs> but...
1: <laughs> you said hole. Okay.
0: <laughs> 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 all right. But yeah, it was appropriate yeah, cra- like, <laughs> then. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if I'm taking this too far or not, but like, gray gardens. Mm, okay. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, I like it. <laughs> but other than that, okay. So when Dean like shot all the holes in the shapeshifter, right? Mm-hmm. They just said earlier in the episode that, like, they couldn't get to the car, which had the silver bullets, right? So, like, when Sam's all going, you shot her too many times and blah, 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 or whatever, it's like, um, he didn't have silver. So, like, yeah, I would put a bunch of holes in that thing, too, and, like, maybe try and burn the body later or something, you know? Like, there was no, like, he went out to the car and got anything, you know, like, as all right, far now-
1: Now I'm confused. I don't remember. This is like, we did not do that first half of this recording today. So now I I just can't remember at all. How did she die at at all? Like, this sounds stupid to even ask you. Did she, did he just shoot her? Dean shot her. Remember? But that's not how you kill a shapeshifter. Like, it's got to be silver. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Just using like regular bullets, however many times still shouldn't kill a shapeshifter. That's right? what I'm trying to,
0: yeah, that's okay. what I'm trying to work
1: out here. <laughs> gotcha. I don't know. So, that's a, that's a big old plot hole.
0: That was hmm. kind of a weird thing to me because they were talking about how they couldn't get to the silver bullets that were in the car. And as far as you can tell, they don't get out there to get the silver bullets in the yeah, car. Right. So Dean shot her once and she dropped, right? Yeah. And then he like kept shooting her. Well, yeah, like I would keep shooting her too because I don't have anything that'll kill her on me, you know, so, like, how, uh, I don't know, it was just weird, the whole thing was kind of weird to me, I'm like, okay, you're, like, giving him shit about, like, putting a bunch of holes in her, but then, like, he kind of would have to, to at least, like, stun her to, like, (laughs) go and, like, burn her later or something, I don't know, you know, or stick silver in her later, I don't know, but, like... (laughs) You would think that if that was the case and he's like, I didn't have silver, that they would say something about that, you know, not like, I don't know, that whole ending was kind of weird to me. Like, he didn't have the things to kill her, but in theory he killed her just shooting her a bunch of times. But how, if he didn't have the silver, because I said earlier in the episode they didn't have the silver and they didn't say anything about him getting silver either. So maybe it's just assumed that he was
1: able to get the silver at some point, but like... What I guess (laughs) yeah, I guess we have to assume that, but that's weird. Maybe there was like a deleted scene where that was spoken of at the very least. But I mean Maybe yeah,
0: I don't know. I would think
1: that's pretty important.
0: Yeah, like that's weird. Okay. How are you killing this thing if it if you don't have things to kill it with,
1: you know, like (laughs) Yeah. And I do agree with you. Yeah. I mean that that wouldn't be weird for him to shoot her that many times in that scenario, but
0: no, it was yeah. just kind of the whole thing. The whole that was weird. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. Yeah. No. Okay. But anyway, um, no. what was your
1: favorite moment from this episode? Okay. Well, I know I talked about this moment already, but it is my favorite moment because it literally lives in the back of my head nonstop all the time. And that is when Sam is on the couch with the two cougars Mm -hmm. And they're talking, you know, and he's like, oh, bring it in, ladies, you know, because he's trying to, like, see if they're the shifter with the silver or whatever. Yeah. And and they're like, look at his hands. His fingers are so long. And, like, that's just so creepy. Uh, Yeah. It's so creepy. Yeah. It was, you know, as much as, like, Sam has, like, the older ladies hitting on him, I don't remember another time where he has, like... You know, shown interest back or kind of he like he kind of provoked this situation only to get his results. Of course, so, are yeah. you the shifter? But you don't you don't really see that in any other episode that I can remember. Anyway, so it's kind of fun to see the one where
0: he dances with the old lady at the thing with Sarah. The one with Sarah in it, sure. But like, but that he not, didn't provoke that. He didn't
1: provoke he just, any of that. Know, he just let but her. he kind of had to them. play
0: along to like that's true. You know, do,
1: but he wasn't like forever. yeah. I, I don't know. This one seemed a little bit more suggestive but uh but i i liked it i don't know <laughs> it's just so funny it's so funny and again it, it does remind me like hey don't be a creeper like that like <laughs> don't freak out the young folk not that i would do that on purpose but and i'm gonna stop talking because i think i'm i need to stop okay uh <laughs> <a moment. laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite <laughs> moment?
0: <laughs> um, mine was when Dash was trying to be all, like, heroic and shit and was talking about how he hunts pheasant over and over again. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, buddy. <laughs> like, <laughs> yep. No. You know? Like, <laughs> yep. Nice try. It'd be one thing if you're like, I hunt bear or I hunt literally anything other than a bird, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, You just because, like, okay, and first of all, you don't hunt a pheasant with a handgun. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You take a rifle of that shit and, like, Mm -hmm. so, oh, yeah, don't worry, I know how to handle this, I hunt pheasants. Okay, well, you don't hunt pheasants like that, so do you really hunt pheasants? (laughs) You know, like, or are you the one that's like, oh, look, it's over there, shoot it for me. You know, like, (laughs) yeah.
1: That's so. so funny. Yeah. That was a good... I, yeah. I also... I don't remember who it was, but it was one of the dudes who was like, they wear flannel. And I just... I loved that. I, I, I think it was that. him, wasn't it? Well, I know. I don't know. remember. Yeah. I think, I don't maybe remember. it
0: wasn't... His,
1: I don't remember what the other one's name was, but...
0: I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. One of anyway. the douchebags. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, yeah. But that was my favorite, just because it was like, he was trying to, like, be all tough and everything, and it was just like, yeah, no, you're literally, like, not even close to looking or seeming tough but anyway (laughs) (laughs) um so for our interesting facts it says uh dean suggests that the butler is acting like a renfield um it says this refers to a character in brom stoker's dracula uh novel and films who is a willing servant to the vampire Um, It has become a colloquial term in the horror industry for any character who is a fitting victim to the monster, but instead acts purposely to help them, either through love, mind control, or addiction. Yep. Um, It says there are multiple references to the board game Clue in the movie Clue from 1985. I didn't know there was a movie.
1: (gasps) Uh, You've never seen the movie?
0: I didn't know there was a movie.
1: (laughs) Oh my god, it's got Tim Curry. I love Tim Curry in this role. This is one of my favorite Tim Curry movies. Yeah, so he's like the butler. It's so good. It's so much fun, and it is, you know, an older style movie. I think you would like it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it's a comedy. You know, mystery. Yeah.
0: Um. Oh, okay. So it says Dean refers to two of the arguing family members as Mrs. Peacock and Colonel Mustard at around 14 minutes. Um, each of the weapons are either found by Dean and are either found by Dean or Sam, I'm going to fix their sentence for them, Um, or revealed while they're in the shot. Um, So there is a rope, a lead pipe, a wrench, a knife, and a candlestick, and a revolver. Mm -hmm. Um, The board game's box is uh, seen shortly after Dean enters the attic and releases Olivia um and the knife is the only weapon found or revealed initially when dean is not in the shot um which i don't okay whatever um <laughs> it says among other names dean called the butler wadsworth um, which is the name of the butler in clue mm-hmm. um it says dean calls philip the butler uh variously alfred mr belvedere jeeves and wadsworth um each is a famous fictional butler Mm -hmm. Um, in memory of James Ashton McCarthy, um, father of episode director John McCarthy, who passed away during filming of this episode.
1: Hmm.
0: Oh, this, okay. (laughs) I'm like, this, that's an incomplete sentence. They should have said, this episode is in memory of, (laughs) I was like. Yep. What? Okay. (laughs) Anyway, um, so Kevin McNulty, who plays Philip, uh, previously appeared in the season one episode, Supernatural Faith, as Roy LaGrange.
1: Roy is the faith healer, wasn't he? But he was older, uh, which who, I mean,
0: well, no, I guess Philip is older. He he does look older here, but that doesn't—he didn't look familiar at all.
1: Not to me either. I have a hard time believing that. I'm just you keep reading. I'm gonna um, I'll look that up real quick. I mean, I you guess, guess in the right.
0: I know. Mm-hmm. I guess in that episode he was wearing sunglasses most of the time
1: so yeah, but he seemed just like a yeah. bigger build in general i mean not that you can't you know change, i mean this is a few it, years later at least sure, so yeah but still just like but nothing yeah it doesn't looks look the like the
0: same guy at all from what i remember because i remember the faith healer and last name again um kevin mcnulty
1: in the wrong episode okay show me your actors (laughs) um well this picture of him on imdb is him very young so this doesn't help me at all (laughs) okay keep going
0: um okay uh so it says doug abrahams who plays detective Detective howard um previously played eddie the bus driver in the season four episode after school special um Uh It says, in the scene where Dean walks through the attic, the board game Clue can be clearly seen on a shelf. We already said that, so that's fine. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, It says, the butler says the maid Colette left to go to clown school in Sarasota. Uh, Sarasota, Florida has a long association with circus life. Uh, 50 years ago, it was the winter home of Barnum & Bailey's and the final retirement community for many circus performers. Um, Today, it has circus museums and several schools teaching circus skills.
1: I did not know that Mm-mm. oh okay that's terrifying but okay <laughs> um I so okay I was looking at pictures of this guy and mm-hmm. um I mean possibly the nose is vaguely similar at the tip that's all I got <laughs> the rest of it doesn't really look <laughs> like it just, just the tip <laughs> but but, <laughs> but um but yeah I mean I, I yeah it 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 is the same guy. I'm going to say yeah. But <laughs> but uh it's weird. Yeah. Okay. hmm Anyway, sorry. We can talk more about Circus Folk if you want.
0: But. Oh, no, no, no. You're good. <laughs> um so it says uh Jeeves is a character created by Sir Pelham Greenville uh Wodehouse, KBE, whatever that means. Um Jeeves is a butler/valet slash valet to the British man uh, man about town, Bertie Wooster. <laughs> what a Fun last name, Wooster. Bertie Uh, Wooster.
1: All of it's weird together. I know. Okay. (laughs) Um, It's fiction. Okay.
0: (laughs) Um, It says Bertie was always getting himself into trouble, uh, regularly rescued by the ever-resourceful Jeeves. Uh, The books Jeeves and Wooster were published in 1908 to 1915. Um, The TV series, same name, aired originally 1990 to 1993. Okay um it says this episode makes several nods to the game clue um chief among them being the appearance of the rope pipe wrench knife gun and candlestick um these are all weapons from the game and each one is handled by one of the winchesters as a main of self means of Mm -hmm. self-defense which they already kind of said too whatever it's fine um (laughs) so it says um this episode has three x-files alums uh kevin mcnulty who plays philip the butler um, Doug Abrahams, who plays Detective Howard, um, and they were both in Supernatural in another time as well, and Robert Underwood, who plays Lance LaCroix. Oh, cool. So, Dash, that must have been the other guy that w- we were talking about that, uh, I don't remember what we were saying. We were I trying to figure Lance, out what his name was.
1: Lance is, like, the dead husband who, like, only appears as, like, the shifter takes his shape. Oh, yeah, 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 okay, okay, like, okay. I can't remember the, um, yeah, yeah. There's too many people happening. In this There's episode. a lot of people, I yeah. Like, I mean
0: like, more than three, you know? <laughs> Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fine. Okay, um, so it says this, be- uh, this episode was basically a tie-in for the USAopoly Supernatural Collector's Edition Clue board game, which was being released later that year. I think I have that game. Wait, didn't we play
1: that game? I didn't
0: play that game. I
1: think you did. You came over one year on my birthday. I had gotten it for my birthday and we played it. Was it not Clue? It was definitely Supernatural themed. It wasn't Monopoly because I fucking hate that game. I'm pretty sure I own the Supernatural version, however.
0: But That doesn't sound familiar at all to me.
1: I'm almost sure positive. I'm yes, we definitely played a game on my kitchen table. And it's when we had the high table up, the higher one. Yeah. That was a long. time ago. I mean, it ago. was I a long. Remember. It was a long time ago. Yeah. Like. <laughs> I mean, it's possible. I, I just don't remember it. At yeah. Because I haven't had. I'm just wondering, do I own that game? Like, I'm pretty sure I do. And that was like the one time I played it. Okay. Um, we'll play it when you come over again. <laughs> okay. Except that I remember it taking like four hours to play. But whatever. It's fine.
0: Oof. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um. So it says, um, Ask Jeeves was an early search engine. At one point, Dean tells Sam they need to ask Jeeves for answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says when Sam and Dean are deciding to search for cold spots in the background, Hetty and Dash are arguing. Um, Hetty claims to own a big, beautiful yacht. Dash, Dash challenges that and she admits it's a mahogany sunfish. Uh, the sunfish is the most popular size of personal sailboats. At 14 feet long and 150 pounds, <laughs> including the sail, um, a sunfish can hold two people if they are kind of small. They sell new for $3,500 and up. <laughs>
1: I did not realize they can only hold two smallish people. That's interesting. I mean, a 150-pound boat doesn't seem... like I would assume that it would be way heavier than that. That's interesting. Also, like, I wouldn't trust that to hold me up. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like, at all. That's interesting. Okay. uh, Hmm. I mean... Okay, but, like, maybe it's got a lot of, like, empty airspace that to float you rather than just, like... I hope so. (laughs) I don't know. Just, like, I can't see that a 150-pound boat would hold me up at all. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: Like, good thing I know how to swim, I guess. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, interesting. Okay. (laughs) So, our research this week is because we were in Connecticut, we had to do uh,
1: the Warrens. Ed because Moraine. I love them okay, <laughs> Were they frauds? I don't know There's evidence that they were And there's evidence that there wasn't Who am I to say? But I do love that they brought me Patrick Wilson So that's all I care about <laughs> Continue. Hey, I would think that the Phantom
0: of the Opera Brought you fa- Patrick, Win- pa- <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Winston Patrick <laughs> Winston That's not his name <laughs>
1: Ah, Patrick Wilson. <laughs> well, listen, I, I remember the first time I saw Phantom of the Opera, and I thought, damn, that guy's cute. And then I didn't see him again forever until, like, the Insidious movies. And again, I remember being like, wow, that guy's cute, but okay. And then later, later in life, <laughs> the Conjuring movies happened, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm obsessed with this guy. I forgot. Okay, so, but, like, what happened?
0: I remember... At my bachelorette party, we watched Phantom of the Opera and you're like, oh my God, that's Patrick Wilson. And you were like, and then you like went on like a binge of Patrick
1: Wilson for a long time. So like, was that what started it or was it before that? Yes, but that that? wasn't the first time I saw Phantom. That's why. Yeah. Well, yeah, Yeah. no,
0: I know that wasn't the first time
1: you saw it. I think that, um, I can't remember. I think there was a little bit of time between your bachelorette party and my like. Super fanatic moments, <laughs> but um, but but I think it did kind of like put that seed in there and then I picked it up because, yeah, because then when I started watching The Conjuring movies, then I went back and became like obsessed with Phantom a little bit. So, yeah, by a little bit did of you a watch lot, The yeah.
0: Conjuring after watching The Phantom or did you? Oh, I mean, obviously not the first time I'm talking about like.
1: You know, just, in the I last... watched, I watched Phantom of the Opera before I saw him in anything else, but that was oh, okay. a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so as far as like my Patrick Wilson timeline, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like trying to figure out the timeline here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I would say like Phantom <laughs> when I was a lot younger, like when it came out on DVD is when I first saw that. Cause my cousin was really obsessed with it too. Okay. And then, um, and then the insidious movies and then, um, and then your bachelorette party and mm-hmm. then the conjuring movies. That's how it happened. Okay. Yeah. That's the timeline of, of my love. Okay. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, uh, we went to Rancor because we haven't we, been
1: there in a while. Honestly. We haven't been
0: there in a little bit, but also like it's Ranker, So yeah. <laughs> we're going to come back. Yeah. Um, and this is the strangest cases Ed and Lorraine Warren ever worked according to the Warrens themselves. Um, so it says, if you look into the most notorious cases of hauntings, possessions, and paranormal phenomena in the last 50 years, you'll probably find out that they were investigated by Ed and Lorraine Warren. A World War II Navy veteran and police officer, Ed Warren believed in the supernatural from an early age, having grown up in a reportedly haunted house. Uh, Lorraine, who grew up just blocks from Ed, demonstrated psychic abilities in early childhood, being able to see auras around the nuns at her Catholic school. That'd be weird. Ooh,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> Uh, So it says, Ed and Lorraine began dating when they were both 16, and they married two years later. Ed eventually began studying demonology and founded the New England Society for Psychic Research in 1952. Uh, The Warrens would go on to investigate hundreds of cases related to hauntings and demonic possession. After Ed passed in 2006, Lorraine served as a consultant for the Conjuring movie franchise, um, which is based on the cases she and Ed investigated together. With Lorraine's passing in April 2019... Oops, I just... Minimize that. Okay. Um, many are looking back on the legacy left by the couple and their contributions to ghost hunting and demonology. Below are some of the most famous and terrifying cases the Warrens investigated. And who better to comment on the details than the Warrens themselves? <laughs> um, so the first one is Annabelle the Haunted Doll. Uh, it says Despite what Hollywood interpretations would have you believe, the real Annabelle was an antique rag doll that any child might own. Perhaps the innocent nature of the doll makes the case surrounding it all the more unsettling. <laughs> Uh, The doll had been given to a young woman named Donna, who began to notice the doll moving throughout her apartment. Donna's roommate, Angie, also noticed Annabelle moving, and the two called in a medium who said the spirit of a young girl was attached to the doll. Lou, a friend of Donna and Angie, thought that there was something evil about the doll, but the medium insisted the young girl's spirit felt safe with Donna and Angie. Lou awakened from a deep sleep one night to find Annabelle crawling onto uh, onto his bed and attempting to strangle him. Um... No, no, thanks. Um, (laughs) As Annabelle became increasingly aggressive, Donna and Angie called the Warrens to investigate the case. The Warrens confirmed a demon was manipulating Annabelle and that the demon would have taken a human as its host within two or three weeks based on the stages of demonic possession. An exorcism was performed on the doll and the Warrens proceeded to take it back to their home in Connecticut. Once in the Warrens' care, Annabelle began moving about their house even after being put in a locked room. Uh, The Warrens eventually had a special case made for Annabelle that featured three crosses and had holy water in in the wood stain. Um, Annabelle became part of the Warrens Occult Museum. During a tour of the museum, Lorraine pointed to Annabelle and said, this is the worst thing in here, and refused to look directly at the doll. Um, Annabelle is sometimes said to move in her case. Uh, One man reportedly perished in a motorcycle accident shortly after visiting the Warrens Museum and mocking Annabelle. Um, The second Uh thing...
1: Oh, oh, um, no, I don't know what I was gonna say about that. Just continue. Oh, did you watch that that um that thing I sent you? I, I, I watched I liked...
0: part of it, but I was at work, so I didn't get to finish the whole thing. I only got to like watch like ten minutes of it.
1: Okay, yeah, it, I don't think it's much longer than that. But um, anyways, it was like the the BuzzFeed Unsolved when the, when Shane and Ryan were BuzzFeed Unsolved. So everyone yeah. should watch that because it's fucking hilarious. Like they go visit Annabelle, and they're not very nice to her, <laughs> <laughs> and it's pretty funny. Anyway, okay, continue. <laughs>
0: Um, so the second one is the Perrin family haunting. Um, it says before the Warrens investigated the Smurl family, I almost said the Smurf cause it looked like a Smurf.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: anyway, um, <clears throat> the Smurl family or the Amityville case, uh, they made a series of trips to Harrisville, uh, Rhode Island where the Perrin family was being terrorized by increasingly powerful evil spirits. Carolyn and Roger Perrin purchased the 14-room 18th century farmhouse in 1971 to raise their five daughters, and they wrote off initial paranormal activity as the quirks of an old home. However, as activity escalated, Carolyn researched the home and discovered it had been in the same family for generations and was a site of a possible slaying as well as multiple hangings in the attic. It had also reportedly been home to a woman named Bathsheba Sherman, um, who is said to have been a practicing Satanist and a child slayer. Um, As the haunting grew stronger, the parents would smell rotting flesh and levitate in their beds. No, thank you. Um, It says Lorraine and Ed conducted a seance that quickly turned dangerous when Carolyn became possessed by an evil spirit. Uh, One of Carolyn's daughters remembers her mother speaking in tongues, levitating from her chair and being thrown across the room. Roger asked the Warrens to leave and never come back. Reflecting on the case years later, Lorraine recalled, I knew the house was haunted. All I had to do was walk in it. We just had to find the source. The case would later be combined with The Haunting of Annabelle the Doll as the plot of the 2013 film Conjuring, on which Lorraine was a consultant. I didn't know Annabelle was in The Conjuring.
1: Well, so the movie kind of opens up with, like, Annabelle's history. I don't really know why, other than it's like a a Warren's case. I think it's just so sensational. And then it kind of opened the door for, like, the Annabelle movies, because that's in the same universe, same directors Mm -hmm. and all that. So, um, but yeah, it's not really, it's not really relevant to the Conjuring case, except for that's something that the Warrens did, you know, so. Yeah,
0: they were just involved in it.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, so the third one is the haunting in Connecticut. Um, it says the case of the, oh boy, the Snedecker family haunting uh, began in 1986 when Carmen and Al Snedecker rented a home in so- uh, Southington, Connecticut. Uh, They moved in order to be close to a hospital at which the family's oldest son was uh, undergoing treatments for Hodgkin's lymphoma. The house seemed perfect for the family until move-in day when they discovered it had been a funeral home (laughs) and the Uh. basement bedroom reserved for their two sons had been part of the mortuary. Uh, The family began hearing voices and the children saw apparitions throughout the house. The family even reported being physically attacked by demonic forces. Without the option to move due to financial constraints, the family contacted Ed and Lorraine Warren for support. The Warrens spent many nights at the Snedecker home—that's a hard one to say—home yeah. and confirmed the hauntings. Um, Ed even watched as the lift mechanism that brought caskets from the basement to the main floor moved on its own. Uh. Lorraine vividly remembered the first time she entered the house, stating, As soon as I walked into the first room, it was just an overwhelmingly bad feeling. I had a feeling of fear. The Catholic Church performed an exorcism on the house at the Warrens' request, and no other families have reported paranormal activity. Lorraine also noticed, or noted, in the 2009 film *The Haunting in Connecticut*, exaggerated some.
1: What?
0: Huh. Oh, Lorraine also noted the 2009 film *The Haunting in Connecticut* exaggerated some aspects of the case. I think I just read it wrong at first. I was just like, "What is happening right now?" Okay. Um, <laughs> it says Lorraine added two scientists played, uh state. Lorraine added two scientists stayed with her and Ed during a nighttime investigation because they were skeptical, only to flee the home in the middle of the night. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, sure. I'd like to think that I'd be able to, like, sleep somewhere haunted, but, like, I'm pretty sure no. <laughs> I would walk in, be
0: like, something's off here, and be like, I'm leaving by, you know? <laughs> like,
1: I'd be good for, like, an hour, but, like, once, like, once, like, the shit started to go down, I'd be like, yeah, it, we're not safe, let's go, you
0: know? Yeah, yeah. let's get out of here. Right, yeah. yeah. Um. So, number four is the Amityville Horror Um, In 1975, George and Kathy Lutz fled their home in Amityville, New York, claiming there were demonic entities in the home. Only a year earlier, Ronald, a.k.a. Butch DeFeo, had been charged with slaying his parents and four siblings in the home while they slept, testifying that he had been possessed by a demon. After the Lutzes' traumatic experience, Ed and Lorraine Warren were called in to investigate the credibility of these demonic forces. With a full camera crew in tow, the Warrens investigated the large Dutch colonial home and said they experienced the evil firsthand. Ed was reportedly pushed in the basement, a site of demonic activity, while saying prayers. Um, Lorraine felt ill in the house and sensed a demonic presence. The image of a young boy was also captured on film, although no children were present at the time. Um, Ed considered the photo as proof of a haunting, and he believed it to be the spirit of one of the DeFeo children. In an interview years later, Ed stated their experience in the house was much more horrific than the book or film. There is evidence the site of the Amityville house had been a Native American burial ground, and a man who practiced dark arts also lived on the property, and he was subsequently buried there. When asked about the Amityville case decades later, Lorraine said, It was absolutely horrible. I don't even like to talk about it. I will never go in the Amityville house ever again. (laughs) For somebody who's, like, into that sort of stuff, to be like, I ain't going there, like get rid of it. Like, why does it, like, no, just get rid of the
1: whole thing, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I agree. Unfortunately, like, like, when things, when something's so, like, in the news all the time, like, these cases were, like, in the moment they're in the Mm -hmm. news, not, like, yeah, they're well known now, but they were also, as they were being investigated, like, national news, you know? Yeah. So, like, it's so sensational, like, that house is gonna make money, you know? Oh, for sure, yeah. Whether it's just, like, selling it or the owner's doing tours or whatever so like yeah they're not going to knock yeah. that down like ever yeah
0: no but you would think that they would at least like maybe keep people from going in it or something I mean to, as best as they could you know but I, yeah. I don't know I mean whatever. you would
1: think you would think but people people care more about money don't they
0: oh yeah for sure <laughs> yeah, I know um, so the next one is the Smurl family haunting um, it says, uh, Jack and Janet Smurl spent years dealing with an increasingly powerful supernatural force before the Warrens came to investigate in 1985. The Smurl case is unique because it spanned over a decade and the hauntings affected the entire family, though Jack seemed to be the primary target. The haunting of the family's Pennsylvania duplex began with disembodied voices and wrappings on the wall, but soon turned into full-fledged attacks on the family. Jack and Janet uh, both said they levitated off their beds one night, and Jack reported he was assaulted multiple times by an evil spirit known as a succubus. Uh, The family dog was also attacked, and a chandelier fell and nearly took the life of one of the Smurl children, despite the fixture being bolted into a support beam. Um, As the Warrens made their way through the home, Lorraine came to the conclusion that they were four evil spirits, including a powerful demon. There was no doubt whatsoever in my mind that this family was experiencing this or what this family was experiencing was sheer terror being brought about um, through the ghost syndrome. OK, uh, Lorraine said after her first visit to the Smurl home, um, it took four exorcisms to fully weaken and vanquish the evil spirits. And the Smurls reported no paranormal activity after the fourth exorcism. OK, but like. I thought that was something you just did like once to get rid of the things, not
1: yeah, over I mean, and over again. I only know really about exorcisms from, you know, media. So is that real life? No. Um, I, <laughs> my only thought on that is that she, Lorian said there were four spirits there. And so maybe it was like, maybe an exorcism is just good for one spirit. So they had to do four. I'm guessing. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. I, I, I have no got. idea.
0: I mean, yeah. I guess maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the next one is the Enfield Poltergeist. Um, It says from 1977 to 79, the Enfield polter, Enfield poker,
1: (laughs) Enfield pokerface, what?
0: Yeah, (laughs) Uh, pokergeist. That's what I was gonna say. The Enfield (laughs) poltergeist. (laughs) That's a hard one. um, Was an active case in England that captured massive media attention. The Hodgson family, who rented their home in Enfield, uh, reported large pieces of furniture moving on their own. The mother, Peggy, even called the police, and one officer reported seeing a small table slide across the floor. In fact, more than 30 visitors to the home reported poltergeist activity, which included moving furniture, wrappings, and voices. Peggy's adolescent daughters, Margaret and Janet, seemed to be the target, often going into trances and speaking in guttural voices. The Enfield poltergeist case is unique because of the extensive video footage taken in the home during the prolonged investigation. Uh, This case holds the distinction of being the Warrens' first major investigation after Amityville. Um, However, they were not as involved in the case as the film adaptation The Conjuring 2 suggests. Ed did say of that case, those who deal with the supernatural day in and day out know the phenomena are there. There's no doubt about that. Um, in reference to the video footage taken inside the Hodgson home, Ed noted, now you couldn't record the dangerous, threatening atmosphere inside that little house, but you could film the levitations, teleportations, and dematerializations of people and objects that were happening there, not to mention the many hundreds of hours of tape recordings made of these spirit voices speaking out loud in the rooms. Um, although skeptics say the case was a hoax, the Warrens stood by their findings of paranormal activity. Um... Uh, number seven is The Devil Made Me Do It. Um, it says, sometimes known as the demon murder case, de- The Devil Made Me Do It case involved the demonic possession of a young boy. Sorry, I've got like a cat hair or something stuck to my nose, and it keeps <laughs> tickling me on the end of the nose. It's driving me nuts. Um, oh, I was just holding Steve before we started podcasting, mm-hmm. so I'm probably covered in his hair, but that's fine. <laughs> Um, Okay, so it says the Warrens were initially called in to investigate when 11-year-old David Glatzel uh, began showing signs of demonic possession. Um, As Lorraine described in an interview, one minute David would be intently drawing at the kitchen table, and in the next moment he was no longer an 11-year-old boy. Lorraine saw a black mist form next to David, indicating the presence of a demon. Ed and Lorraine called in the Catholic Church. A team of six priests, including three from the Vatican, performed an exorcism on David. Although the demon did leave David's body, something is said, er, said to have gone terribly wrong. Arn, I'm guessing Cheyenne Johnson, was the boyfriend of David's older sister, Debbie, and considered by those around him to be an all-American boy. He was present for David's exorcism, and he challenged the demon to leave David's body and come into his own. According to Johnson and the Warrens, the demon did just that. When you challenge the demonic, it doesn't act it doesn't act at that particular given time. It waits until you're the most vulnerable and then it strikes. Lorraine said of the incident. Um, it was shortly after the exorcism, that Johnson fatally stabbed Alan Bono, um, Debbie's boss and landlord, during a heated argument. Johnson said the demon, er, the demon, hmm. I almost said demonic. And then it was just demon. So that's fine. Um, Johnson <laughs> said, said that the demon forced him to commit the crime um johnson was eventually convicted of manslaughter and served time in prison uh lorraine warren later consulted on a book adaptation of the case the devil in connecticut um
1: yeah that's the uh, that's kind of that what the the third conjuring movie is about and uh, okay i think it's a notable case because it's like the first time in history i think in this country anyway where like his defense you know at his trial was that he was possessed by a demon. So that's why it's kind of notable because it's like the first time that's happened. So. Okay. Whether it's true or not, whatever. But that was yeah. that was his defense, yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, number eight is the Borley Rectory Haunting. Um, Although the infamous Borley Rectory burned down decades before the Warrens came to investigate, the neighboring Borley Church still stands and the church is said to be a site of paranormal activity. Okay, but let me just like isn't that supposed to be off limits like churches
1: <laughs> what oh getting like haunted you mean
0: yeah like it's supposed to be like a house of god and like you can't have demons in a house <laughs> of god you know like
1: uh i know nothing about that topic you're gonna know way more than i do about that so yes
0: to me right off just sounds fishy but that's fine
1: <laughs> okay, okay. Um, it
0: says the original Borley rectory was reportedly um, built on the site of an old monastery where a nun was buried alive in the walls of the building after attempting to run off with a monk. (laughs) What a story. Um, The Subsequent hauntings were made famous by Harry Price. um, One of the first paranormal investigators who documented, (laughs) documented a long series of phenomena that remains a matter of debate. Apparently I'm just like, Running all the words together at this point. Uh,
1: That's all good.
0: Um, It says Ed had been interested in the case since reading Harry Price's famous book, The Most Haunted House in England, while serving in the Navy during World War II. Beginning in 1976, the Warrens made over two dozen trips to the site of the Borley Rectory and Church. Lorraine described her first visit to Borley as a phenomenal experience. She explained that during the visit, a skeptical reporter began feeling ill and couldn't breathe. Later that night, Lorraine and their reporter listened to a tape recording of the event where a disembodied female voice could be heard saying, hit him, hit him, repeatedly. Yuck. Um, (laughs) Lorraine theorized it could have been the spirit of the nun who had been buried alive. Uh, The Warrens also reported that they captured a ghost photo of a monk inside the church during one of their many investigations. Hmm. Um, Number nine is the White Lady of Union Cemetery. Uh, It says the white lady of Union Cemetery is probably one of the most famous hauntings in Connecticut lore, with multiple reports of drivers seeing a woman in white wandering through the cemetery and walking along the highway. One man even claimed he saw the white lady standing in the road uh, while a male apparition appeared next to him inside his car. The man, Rod Vexy, I'm going with, um, even appeared on television with the Warrens to discuss this encounter or to discuss his encounter. Um, it says Ed himself became so obsessed with the haunting, uh, he went on stakeouts in the cemetery for seven nights straight in order to see the white lady with his own eyes. Huh. I could hear what sounded like a woman weeping, Ed said in an interview. I could see all the, these ghost lights forming into a figure. He said that figure became the white lady, but that other shadow ghost appeared around her as he got closer and that the whole ordeal, ordeal was caught on video. The video was never released to the public, but Ed noted it was a moment he'd waited his whole life to witness. Um, I think
1: you would release it to the public.
0: be like, here's the proof.
1: I'll, well, at the same time, I, I'm sure everyone would be like, oh, that's fake or altered, so why? But, yeah, so, still, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, I'm sure it's probably still somewhere.
1: Must I wonder be. if
0: anybody will ever release it, you know?
1: Yeah. Not yeah. that I'm going to watch
0: it, but, you know, like.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I did, I'd be like, well, how do I know this isn't <laughs> fake, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um so number 10 is the South End Werewolf. Um it says Bill Ramsey knew he was different at age 9 after a cold chill came over him he became he became so filled with rage he ripped a fence post out of the ground and began to chew it. Okay, I've got to say fence posts are hard to uh put into the ground so if you're able at 9 years old to rip a fence post out even if it's just a T
1: post. Yeah. That's impressive. You know, like it is. <laughs> to be a big guy. Like, don't Put it in your mouth and fuck up your teeth like that. I mean, I guess nine year olds don't give a shit, but like, no, still, really, you're going to chew on it. That's an interesting instinct, like to, to, chew to on try it. and chew on something because you're a doggie with a stick. I guess you're right. There you go. Okay. We are talking about a werewolf so. post. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um.
0: Anyways, um, it says <laughs> all you could think about in the moment um, were wolves. Ramsey's childhood outburst uh, seemed like an isolated incident until the mid-1980s, when he began growling, baring his teeth, and biting people, including cops. Oh. Uh, medical tests showed nothing wrong with Ramsey either physically or mentally. It seemed like there was no way to help him. Enter Ed and Lorraine Warren. The Warrens were visiting London when Lorraine saw Ramsey's case discussed on a television program. Um, he remembered thinking at the time, or she remembered thinking at the time, something inside of me told me I could help him. Lorraine confessed that she took solving the case to an extreme, buying expensive film footage of Ramsey, while Ed thought the case was outlandish. Um, A werewolf in London, who would believe it, he stated in a later interview. Mm. Um, Lorraine believed Ramsey was possessed by a demon, which caused him to behave like a werewolf. Uh, The Warrens were able to convince Ramsey to undergo an exorcism, exorcism, which was filmed, and showed Ramsey exhibiting wolf-like behavior. Both the Warrens and Ramsey believed that the 1989 exorcism or both Warren uh okay let me just start over again <laughs> okay. both the Warrens and Ramsey believed the 1989 exorcism to be successful as Ramsey never exhibited the aberrant behavior ever again
1: okay that's it <laughs> all right interesting i don't know I-, I hadn't heard about that one i mean also if he was getting attention he's going to keep doing it
0: and he could always just be like okay well they exercised me, so now I have to stop and, like, quit. So, mm, you know, like... Yeah.
1: Yeah. Some huh. people are just weird. True, yeah. I mean, I go to know. downtown Seattle, man. Like... <laughs>
0: yeah? Yeah? You could probably find somebody there who's convinced they're a werewolf, probably somebody else who's convinced they're a vampire, and somebody else who believes they're a demon, too. So, you know, like... <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You know? Like... <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, huh i i just feel like you know if you're not like transforming are you really a werewolf i don't know
0: i feel like you'd at least have to be like extra fuzzy or something you know like
1: <laughs>
0: yeah you know <laughs> like maybe in serious need of a waxing or something i don't know
1: <laughs> like mm-hmm. yeah yeah i don't know i'm gonna have to think about that one <laughs> yeah so anyway I okay mean, eh, cool whatever it's an interesting yeah. story do i believe it sure that it's is. true
0: yeah, maybe not but yeah. you know whatever
1: (laughs) I would I want to say though, I would love to go to the Warren's like museum they're like collection of you know it's like artifacts from the cases they've worked like Annabelle for instance and like Mm -hmm. their I don't remember if it's their son or their nephew excuse me I think it was
0: like a son-in-law
1: yeah like owns that property now and it was one that you could visit um but it wasn't like zoned right or something and so now it's closed to the public um, and I heard that that guy is sort of a tool. I don't know if that's true. That's what Zach Baggins taught me, <laughs> the ghost adventure yeah. guy. So well, I don't know if that's, that's true. Well, um, also right, that's, um, that's competition, so. <laughs> well, I mean, he went, they, they interacted cause he, I think he's had Annabelle on the show or he went there. I can't remember, there was like some drama afterwards with, you know, money. Basically there was a, an issue no. with how much the guy wanted to get paid, um, so, but anyways, it's closed now. I hope that one day it opens back up because good God damn, like you better believe I'm going to go there and see Annabelle. Yeah, I don't know that I would. <laughs> I, I fucking would. So, so there's three Annabelle movies. Uh, I'm not going to talk too much about Annabelle because I know we covered her before, but um, the second one, which is Annabelle Comes Home, tells the story of when they, Ed and Lorraine Warden take Annabelle to their place, right? And mm-hmm. part of that movie is filmed in their actual house, in their actual museum. And it there's a couple main actors, and one of them is I think her name is Katie Seraph, um, but she's uh, she plays Marie in the fan fiction episode that we just did. Okay, so she's like all up in it, and it is one of the most fun scary movies that I've ever seen. Like it's fun, also it's truly terrifying. <laughs> uh, it's my favorite one of the whole franchise, like The Conjuring, all of it, because it's just so fucking fun. So mm-hmm. I'll make you watch it; you'll like it. <laughs> okay. I think That's we it. started. You started having me watch. I think we watched it was part Robert of Robert the Oh
0: yeah,
1: nothing that has about... nothing to do with the, the this story but yeah
0: that's the only doll related thing i think yeah but i did we get through the whole thing i don't know i feel yeah, like it was also know. probably like two o'clock in the morning when we started it so yeah
1: we we did watch part of it um but we uh, i think we only watched like half an hour at the most and then we had to do something else which maybe yeah. was go to sleep i don't know yeah so, yeah <laughs> yep um so what was your edge moment from this week all right this is a quick one but uh uh, a couple weeks ago, maybe more like a month ago, um, we went to uh, one of Killian's good friends' churches for like a you know Saturday kids movie night, right? So it was like it mm-hmm. was you know some of um, some of the church kids, but also like Killian's. It was just a buttload of Killian's friends. It was really fun. They were watching like I yeah. think Hotel Transylvania, and um, yeah. and all the all the parents were there, and we're just like snacking and talking yeah. and whatever. Um, and, as you know, I am not a a church goer, you know, um, and uh, I know that you are. Um, <laughs> so, and I think I text you from there because, good God, there I go. I couldn't yeah. stop saying, Oh my God, to everybody. <laughs> like it just kept like we were just and okay, I wasn't like saying it more than I normally do. I mean, at first, but then I got like scolded, not in an impolite way. But yeah. I still got scolded. <laughs> like, hey,
0: um, they were realize like, where you're at. <laughs> I was
1: like, what did I even say? Yeah. I didn't even realize I said it. That's how much I say it, apparently. Which I'm fine with, but okay.
0: I so, mean, you do say it a lot.
1: Sure, yeah. I mean, Whatever. okay. I I'm mean, okay like, with it. Yeah. I'm not I trying mean, to offend is, anybody. Like, it is what
0: it is, you know. Like, <laughs>
1: But still, I mean, I should not, you know, I should know my surroundings and what's <laughs> appropriate or not, right? So, like, still, I should have you know, even had that thought at any point ever. And I didn't. Um, and then yep. after, after it got brought to my attention, I suddenly could not stop doing it.
0: <laughs> Either that or you're just noticing it more, maybe.
1: May, well, I still should have like stopped and I didn't. So I don't know. It just kept <laughs> happening. And I just felt awful. And also like, what? stop scolding me. I mean, it did the scolding didn't happen. But like, every time I said it, I was like, Oh, fuck. I mean, I didn't, I did swear I did. <laughs> that would have been worse yeah, I swear. Um, okay so yeah I don't know I, I, sometimes you know you get in those places where you're not supposed to behave or say you know a certain thing or way yeah. and, and I just I just go crazy with it like I don't know what's wrong with me Rochelle I mean don't answer that a lot of things are wrong with me but we all have a lot of things wrong with uh, us. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was a little mortifying and whatever so so that that sucked I sucked but um as a side note, Eric went to the bathroom there, and it's you know a public bathroom with multiple stalls, it's not yeah. just like one toilet in a room, right? Yeah, so it's got one of those automatic light timers. <laughs> Eric yeah. went in there, he was there for a few minutes, maybe five. And um, I, I he didn't tell me he was going to the bathroom, he was just suddenly gone. So I texted him, I was like, Hey, where you at? Because like, there wasn't like other places to hang out, really. So, like,
0: um, what are we doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, where'd you go?
1: Yeah, and he was like. He texts me back. He's like, I'm in the bathroom. And then I get another text. He's like, I'm just sitting here and the lights went out. (laughs) I was like, oh, shit. Like, so I was like, you know, trying to tell Killian he needs to go in there and turn the lights on. But then Eric came out. Apparently he just was like, oh, yeah, I have a phone that I'm literally texting on right now that will light my way. So. Still It'll, though, yeah, like yeah. it'd be
0: kind of weird to be in a strange place in a bathroom, also when the lights turn off, you're like, I thought this was a church, you know? Like at night, watching is... a watching
1: a scary movie, although it was a kids scary movie, so whatever. But still, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it was pretty funny though. Everybody got a kick out of it, so yeah, yeah <laughs> that's what happened. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what was your itterest it moment? Ugh, okay, so
0: mine. This happened a few uh, a few weeks ago, but. I don't know, like, what caused it or whatever. Now, I know that it was... Well, here's the thing. I'm uh. not certain that it wasn't Hunter the first night. But I also have no idea. It, was it probably Maisie? Yeah, but also, just the way Hunter acted the first time it happen, happened, I was like, mm, you look pretty suspicious, you know? Okay. <laughs> but at any rate, so... You know, first night, I like, well, I, Travis was gone. I don't remember what he was gone for, but he was gone. And I wake up and there's this like horrible smell. And I'm like, what in the world is happening? Oh, no. Like, where is that? One of the dogs had pooped all over oh. <laughs> the floor. Like, like, like uncontrollable diarrhea type? Like a big runny. M- pile you know okay like yeah it wasn't like oh let me just pick up these few little pieces and like call it good no this was like a big pile of just run you know and it was like oh god okay you know and like our carpet is old and it's you know it like gets in there and you can't get it out because it's like the weird like not shag carpeting in there but like also kind of it's like a loose weave you know so it like gets in there you know So, okay, I wake up, I cleaned it up, and I'm, like, trying to air out the house and all that sort of stuff, and I'm just, like, okay, like, it is what it is. I don't know what to do. So, I go to bed, and the next night, Travis comes home, and it happens again. And that happened for three nights in a row, dogs pooping in our bedroom... (laughs) on the floor so like in our bedroom it's kind of weird so like you walk into our bedroom door and there's like a hallway and on one side of the hallway is our closet and then in the middle there's our bathroom and then you keep going down the hallway and there's our bedroom which doesn't Mm -hmm. have like both the closet and the bathroom have doors but our bedroom doesn't technically have a door other than to the whole like area right yeah yeah And so, in that hallway is where they were pooping, which is where it's like, okay, so, like, if I need to get to the bathroom or the closet or, hey, out of the room, I have to, like, dodge these (laughs) poop piles that have been, like, happening over these last few days. It was disgusting. So, yeah, it was really bad. It was just, like, a constant, like, three nights in a row of dogs, like, pooping and waking us up. And then there was, like, a couple nights after that where there was just, like, constantly something Mm -hmm. happening every night where it's, like... Steve was like acting like he was going to have a hairball, but didn't, but I still had to wake him up and run him out of the room and like yeah. all these different, it was like a solid week of just like not getting a night to sleep without being woken up from something stupid. You know, it's one thing if it's like worth it, you know, <laughs> like, Yeah, right. just like, why are we pooping in the house? We know better. Also, like, why do you have to sit, the cat, like, why do you have to like sit on the bed right next to me and start looking like you're going to barf <laughs> on me, you know, like, yeah, Like, really, really? Is this what we're doing right now? So, yeah, the whole thing. And it wasn't like each individual thing wasn't that big of a deal. But just like over a week of like, there is constantly somebody doing something stupid every night.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was something else. So, you know what that reminded me of? This is really not related at all. But um, I don't know if I've ever told you this story. This might be the origin of my animal problem. Honestly. Okay. <laughs> so when I was young, I don't remember what year it was, um, but I was, you know, early elementary school ish, I think. Um, do you ever hear, hear of the movie The Bear? Did you ever hear that movie? I don't You weren't so. born yet. I'm sure you weren't born yet because I don't think I was 10 yet. And that's how much older I am, right? So um, don't ever fucking watch it. It's like it's like the worst moment in Bambi for like a whole movie. Okay. I don't know. It's like this little bear cub who gets like separated from his mom. I'm sure she dies. There's forest fires that this little bear is trying to escape and, you know, hunters trying to kill it. Like, it's just this whole movie of mm-hmm. this bear. There's like no animal talking or anything, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, trying to not die. And you love this bear and want this bear to live. And the whole time, literally the whole movie, I am sobbing. Okay, <laughs> I'm yeah. in the theater. I'm with my mom and my dad. I cry so hard for so long that I almost puke. And I'm begging my dad to let me leave, right? Yeah. I don't need, I'm not old enough to go out by myself. And my dad's like, no. So I decided that he needed to take me seriously. So for the rest of the movie, because he did not let me leave, I was like bent over him, dry heaving. And and like, I'm going to puke on you then. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. He didn't, I didn't puke and he didn't let me leave. I had to see the whole goddamn thing. And, i am traumatized okay still like we even still bring that up my dad brings it up in a joking way like haha remember the bear and i'm like Huah! like <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> yep. like yeah.
0: gee thanks yeah like i don't think you realize like how awful
1: that was great yeah. or oh, how awful <laughs> it remains like my animal problem i i did not have an animal problem before then was bambi sad yes
0: yeah. did i
1: survive yes did i watch more animal things yes Not after the bear. Not after that movie. So, yeah. Okay. Anyway, (laughs) I was just reminded by the whole puking over somebody. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Well, if
0: it makes you feel better, the only thing that Steve did also was dry heaving. So, you know. I
1: am glad. I don't want anybody or any animal to actually puke on you. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah, He's tried a few times. He puked (laughs) in my recliner, though, the other day.
1: Asshole. Yeah. Fine. I mean fine, I know okay. he does I know he does that, but also in my mind, like Steve, you know, is a adorable little prince who can do no wrong. So Okay, he pukes like <laughs> all the time.
0: All the time, like this cat, I'm not even joking you because he gets so excited about his wet food that most (laughs) of the time when he's puking, it's because he eats his food so fast because he's so excited about it. Even though he's got food 24-7, literally, he's got an automatic (laughs) feeder. He's constantly got food in the bowl, but he acts like he's starving and never eaten before every single night and like goes in there. And sometimes he doesn't puke. A lot of times he does. And he'll just sit there and like scarf it all down and then right back up. (laughs) <laughs> and then comes at you and starts screaming For more food yeah. No, like, that was your dinner You wasted it,
1: sorry, dude Like <laughs> I mean
0: <No. laughs>
1: I mean, is that a problem? Yes Also, I feel like I get that excited about food
0: mm, I don't know Yeah, but you keep it down
1: uh, Do I? I mean, yeah, I do I'm not believing <laughs> And I'm not knocking anybody who was Maybe he's got a, a thing, though You know? He just gets so excited, because here's the thing,
0: is the nights that he's not as excited about it, he doesn't puke. Mm. He truly is just, like, getting so worked up about having wet food that he just, like, gets so excited that he scarfs it and pukes. Yeah. Yeah, you'd think he'd learn, but... You would think. Maybe not. <laughs> I've had him for three years, and it's yet oh, to change. <laughs> oh. Three years well, I've been dealing with this puke ball.
1: But yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure he's not choosing to puke. But you would no. think you would learn. Yeah.
0: Like, hey, yeah. maybe if I calm down and like sit there for a second and don't scarf the whole thing all at once, maybe I won't throw up and feel awful. Maybe and then be hungry like, because I threw like up all my one, food.
1: Yeah. Maybe you need to give him like one bite's worth like every five minutes. That sounds really fucking tedious, I can't though.
0: spend a half hour <laughs> feeding that cat. I just can't. It already takes me half hour to 45 minutes, depending on the night, to feed all the animals all together. Like, yeah. nope, I'm not doing it. Like, <laughs> I can't. I won't. I get it. I I tried getting one of those little, like, um, uh, the slow feeder things that has like the texture to it and you like put the food down and they have to like lick it out, but he won't lick it out. He gets like the top layer off and then just leaves the rest of it. So it's just like a nasty, disgusting mess that you have to like pick out every single time you want to go and use the thing again.
1: Wow. Okay. That's weird. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I I still, I still love the cat. So. Oh, I do too, but he's a problem child. Though. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love yeah. that guy. We need to do some more pictures, uh, some more mascot pictures. Yeah. I was going through my old pictures and I saw those with the little reader board, this little bow tie or whatever that was around him. And I was like, oh.
0: I'll have to see if I can get one of the goats into uh, one of the flannels.
1: Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It would be...
0: Interesting. <laughs> yep. I don't know. I think it would fit him. If it fits Hunter, it'll fit one of those small goats.
1: So yeah, we'll see. I need to come meet your goats. I totally forgot about them. Mm-hmm. What are they named? What are they named?
0: <laughs> okay. So they're Travis's goats, right? Okay. He's always wanted a goat named Wody, right? Why? Okay. Which, I mean, to you, does that sound like a boy name or a girl name? I would say a boy name. For sure, right? Yeah. Both of these goats are girls. And he's like, one is going to be Wody. And I'm like, what? You know, like, <laughs> okay. I mean, they're your goats, so whatever. But, like, okay. Their names before were Willow and Fern. Like, those are cute little goat names. Oh, he changed his name? He changed names. her yes. name, yeah, to Wody. From Willow to Wody, okay, right? Okay. okay. <laughs> Guess what he calls the other one that was Fern before?
1: What? Fern Goalie. I mean, that's okay with me, because that's cute. I what? That movie. No. <laughs> you never saw that movie? No.
0: But, like, here's the thing. is like, he – oh, there he is.
1: <sighs> so you can probably
0: hear him out there.
1: <laughs> I did hear him, yeah. I thought you were talking about the frog for a second. I was like, I didn't hear it.
0: What is he talking about? Is
1: he, is he talking to an animal?
0: I don't know. There's no answer <laughs> out there. At least oh, okay. there shouldn't be. So. Uh, okay. I don't know. But anyways. Um. So yeah, I forgot what I was saying now. Fern Gully. Oh yeah. But it can't just, I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to say Fern. Fern. yeah. No, he's like, it's like 50 cent. You can't just say 50 cent. Like, you can't say 50. It's got to be 50 cent.
1: People call 50 cent fitty all the time. Yep. Okay. okay. So, Yeah. All right. Those are the names. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I would they're need some. Yeah. How big are they? You said they're little. Are they? So the they're
0: not. They're, they're the, like, Nigerian dwarf goats.
1: Oh, okay. So they're,
0: like, I don't know, probably, I would guess, like, maybe 30 pounds tops, the bigger one.
1: hmm
0: Like, you can pick them up somewhat easily, you know? Oh. Unless they're squirming too much.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to meet tricky Because
0: they're so low to the ground. But Mm -hmm. yeah. So. It'll be easier
1: for me. Yeah. yeah, Dive, Lynn. Dive. All right. We'll see how that goes. All right. Well, thank you for listening to us and our shenanigans. You can email us at itchitsandasputspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under Idgits and Asputs, a supernatural podcast. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and send us your Idgit and Asput moments for a chance to hear your story on our podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.